You guys want some cookies? Welcome to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined, as always, by my bosom buddy, Bobby Castron. Hey, Bob. Hey, Dan. How are you tonight? Oh, ho, ho. I am flying high, Bob. By the way, that was, uh, as you know, the intro, Jackie Daytona. My of good friend, Jack Doyle, uh, lead singer and songwriter of his new album, uh, coming to get you, which has that song on it, and like seven other. Like, if you like the Japan Droids, if you like just mm-hmm. fun, straight ahead, pile driving rock, uh, get that album. Yeah, I listened to the whole thing on Spotify the day it came out because I'm a fan. So good. So check it out, Jackie Daytona. Bob, uh, we're here. Of course, if we're talking about rock music, you know it's Wyclef Jean Day here on the Throwback Podcast. Did you think this day would ever come? Don't put baby in a corner. You can't just assume you know us. You don't know us. One day we might just come at you, you know, smashing pumpkins. The next day, boom, Wyclef Jean. Yeah, he presents, Bob, the carnival. Why are we doing this album, Dan? I have no idea. Me neither. It just kind of happened. I know how it happened. How did it happen? You were a big fan of Wyclef. You were... Probably like the number bo- number one like uh, suburban white boy fan of Wyclef Jean in the late 90s. Well, I would argue there were a lot of us. There were a lot of white guys that liked Clef in the late 90s. A lot of young whites were into the Clef. Yeah, and I was one of them. Yeah. You, uh, I know I know for a fact there are a few of these songs that you love. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense on that level. And including, and we'll get to it, one of the most head-scratchingly beautiful songs of the 90s. Yep. That... Almost impossibly, impossibly was written by Wyclef Jean I and know, performed. But and we'll get to that. We, uh, you know, we don't put a lot of forethought into these episodes. Sometimes something just hits us, and we say, "Yeah, let's just do that." And somehow <laughs> tonight, I'm Wy- excited. Wyclef Jean is the answer. Uh, so yes, yeah, so we're going to be talking about uh, that album, which uh, came out, Bob. I'm going to guess, Bob. Okay. I know it's a late '90s joint. I I feel like it, we graduated from high school and. 1998, uh, I think it was like a senior year slash freshman year of college album. So I'm going to say, let's say June of 1998. Wow. Almost. You got the month right, but you're off by a year. It was June 97. Wow. Yes. June 97. Interesting. The carnival. Wyclef, of course, uh, was before he went solo, one of the key members of the Fugees, and by key members, I say anybody that wasn't Praz. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Praz. Poor Praz. Praz is listening. He's like, this is my favorite podcast, man. Is Praz still pretending to be homeless to do a documentary? Remember he did that? Oh, that's dark. I think he might have, he might have just stuck. I also gave Praz a Jamaican accent, but I don't think, no. I think he was from the United States. I would assume so. As I recall. Uh, but anyway, uh, the Fugees are probably one of my favorite hip-hop acts of the 90s. Yeah, they were great. And uh, Wyclef saw he knew Lauren Hill was going to be a star. Yeah. So he said, I got to rush to the carnival to market and get this thing out before uh, Lauren Hill changes the landscape <laughs> uh, with the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Yep. So that was probably the whole impetus behind putting out in 97. So for you millennials out there, I think the, a, a parallel we could draw to help them understand, because they probably never yep. even heard of Wyclef. Kendall and Kim Kardashian. Well, I was going to go Wyclef is... Oh. The uh, the Fugees were the Black Eyed Peas. Wyclef is Will I Am. Lauren Hill was Fergie. God, I really don't think that uh, that really presents the Fugees in the best light. I'm saying I'm just trying to help the millennials out there. You're trying to, help, but the millennials we kind of Black Eyed Peas are kind of our doing, like late period of our generation. You're putting that on us, no? Of youth culture, yeah, because they were kind of around in the early early aughts. And then Fergie came around in like aught three, so I think we have to take ownership of the Black Eyed Peas. I don't know. I think we could put we could bring this to a, a later discussion about whose fault is what. But um, yeah, it was Wy- our fault. Wyclef was the Will I Am. Okay, he was the sort of. Leader. Oh, you're still gonna go on with yeah, this analogy? He was the leader of the group. Okay, in a way. Yeah. Yeah, and so it was natural that he would be the first one to put out a solo album, and he and, did it, and it was a big hit. 
It was a big hit. Which so, yeah. society has kind of, I don't know if it was because of 9-11, 9-11 ref, <laughs> uh, but society basically uh, wrote this our, out of history. We erased it from our history entirely. Strange. But it that's strange, exactly what happened. But we decided that this never happened. And before, That's why this podcast exists, really, before, to remind people. Yeah, before we started uh, recording this episode, we were like, well, we've done weird stuff before we did Robbie Williams, but um, you know, here in America, Robbie Williams never had a hit. This album was a big hit. All right, stop convincing yourself, Bob, that we should be doing I just want this. to know why we're still here doing this. <laughs> we, uh, what else was happening, Bob, in June 1997? A lot of things, uh, Daniel. Uh, for starters, hey, remember Timothy McVeigh? And I just want to say, Bob, we're doing this album. So from this point on, there should be no mumblecore action. No. Why did we choose to do this album? We're in now, Bob. We need to commit I now owned, or stop look, recording. It was on our list. I owned this album. Yes, it's you an did. album I'm excited to do. We're fucking doing it. You were like, if there was, uh, uh, jumping off our last episode, if there was a Mount Rushmore of white supporters of Wyclef, you're one of the top whites. You're I don't in the know four. if I'm that far up. You're I, Teddy Roosevelt. I would go visit the Mount Rushmore to see the other whites if I wasn't on it. Seems vaguely racist. <laughs> it is. A pilgrimage to see the top whites. All right. Shut the fuck up. Do you remember Timothy McVeigh? Yes or no? Yes. He uh, he was the Oklahoma City bomber. Yes. And on June 2nd, he was found guilty of uh, that crime. Good. Yes. He, he was a mass murderer. Yeah. He was a bad guy. Bad dude. Yeah. Yeah. So he, and he's dead now. They did... Uh, they they put him to death, which is good. It's a good thing. What's your thoughts on the death penalty, Bob? Um, for real? Do you want to get into yeah, it? Yeah, I would like to know your honest thoughts on it. I just We've never it's... talked about this. We usually don't talk about real things, and I'm right. curious. Well, it's incredibly inefficient the way that it's set mm. up now. I feel like it's a big waste of taxpayer dollars to put somebody on death row and then don't then not execute them. I don't care. What else is going Thank on? Thank you. All right. Also in June, I'll let you down the alleyway Harry again. Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, the first book in J.K. Rowling's best-selling series. You bring up J.K. Rowling's a lot when we do these uh, published. time Well, uh, here's the funny thing. We definitely did an album in this month at some point. I just can't remember if it was one of the deleted pods or not. Yeah. So here it is again. Yeah, I think we talked about Rowling's. Okay. Who was sneaky hot when she would show up on like a talk show and be like, oh, Rowling's we didn't talk about this. <laughs> pounded out on the old, on the old typewriter. A uh, copy for this book that would make her a billionaire. And meanwhile, she was fetching. I mean, why was she trying so hard to entertain millions when she could have just been hot, right? <laughs> All right. So. Yeah, exactly. June was also an incredible month for movies. Maybe the best month of movies in our entire J.K. Life. Rowling's is super hot. <laughs> you want to know what came out in June 97? Uh, yes. Batman and Robin. We talked about that. Of I remember course. that. Speed 2 Cruise Control. You took a girlfriend on a date to see that film, didn't we you? We did. Made out the whole time. No, you didn't. Why wouldn't we? Did have? you? Of course. It was my girlfriend. Did you make out in movie theaters? Constantly. I never did that. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that was like Like during move. the movie? The whole time. What about people around you? Don't care. You would just be like necking and tonguing? Yes. A lot of tongue. What you never did that? Fuck, no. Where else would you make out? You were listening- After the movie? No, you were Before? just looking at 17. You were just looking for places to go to make out. This is how I now I didn't really have girlfriends throughout high school, but not really. I didn't. But <laughs> in later years, I would go to the movies and there would be hand holding, maybe a caress of the thigh. Let's <laughs> let's have some fun it's together. Uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, but, but when you're in college, you have someplace to go afterwards. When you're like dating in high school and you both have to go home or you're getting like, you know, you're not going back to the dorm room. You so need... if there was a guy sitting right behind you. Party time guy. <laughs> Enjoy it. That's weird to me. I don't know. Well, it's I, not, I'm, I guess I'm look, in... it's not optimal, but it's, you know, you make lemons out of lemonade. Wait, that's the opposite. <laughs> you do the opposite of that. <laughs> anyway. Bob, uh, you're a sex pervert. My best friend's wedding. <laughs> Also, and, 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 and this movie came out that month. Tiny surgery. <laughs> I'd like to take his, his face off. Yes. <laughs> yes. Face off. Face off. You, you know what's crazy? Did we My... see that together? No, in fact, because I definitely saw it in the theater. Uh, in fact, I did not see that movie until last year. Shut the fuck up! In fact, what? 
I, Kevin Dangerhands, as my brother, came into town last March, and I had realized that I had never seen the Holy Trinity of Nick Cage 90s movies, any of them. So I missed Con Air, Uh I missed The Rock, and I missed Face Off. So this uh, last year, I watched all three in one week. <laughs> now you get which it. is an, if if you are lucky enough slash unlucky enough to have never seen any of those movies, watching them all over the course of like a weekend is a real treat. Got to blow your mind and a bit of a time, just like a, a brain mind blower. It yeah. is wild. Uh, the one thing I never made sense about that was the bodies. Yeah, they they lost over that mm. big time. Because you just have to assume John Travolta and Nick Cage had the same body. They're they the don't. same dicks, too, right? Right. There is wife. Because they have sex with each other's wives. Yes. Or at least one of them does. How yeah. does the I, that I never understood. No, that doesn't make weird. sense. But you know what? Just go with it, man. It's Apparently America did because that was did. a huge fucking hit. Uh, what was the number one song? Right. That's yep. where we're at. This hit is it. my job. Hit us with the number one song. Here it comes. Oh boy. Here he is. This is not the first time we've heard this on no, the show. No, we definitely did an album this month, very early on in the podcast system. Might have been be here now. First at first week? Maybe. Wow, I think you might be right. Do you remember when and I don't remember if we already talked about this, but Listen, it's, we're already playing it. Uh, do you remember when they came out at the Music Awards and Sting came out from the stage? Yes. And he was singing like off key. Yes. Was like, Sting, what are you doing here? So bro? uncomfortable. Sting, go start your project with Shaggy already. <laughs> Just start now. I'm all in on that project, by All right, the way. Faith, take it. All right, we get it. We don't have to do this. Come on. Show some respect for Tupac, Bob. Wait a second. That was a little joke. That was a little dead rapper comedy. <laughs> okay. A lot of hip hop and rap in this episode, everybody. <laughs> Some more white friendly rap. We are wildly qualified. All right, here we go, Bob. Uh, you've all been waiting for it. And one thing I did do, Bob, uh, is we kind of cut all of the um, interludes out. The right. skits. I yeah. mean, we don't a lot need that. Of skits, I never understood that about hip hop albums, like that that they had to be loaded up. It was like twenty seven tracks with like twelve skits. Who was in it for the skits? <laughs> you know what's not funny after three listens? A skit. Like, do you remember like even albums that are considered classics, like the Marshall Mathers LP, which I'm sure we'll hit eventually on this podcast? There's like a two minute skit late in the album. Of Jay and Shaggy Two Dope <clears throat> from Insane Insane Clown Posse having anal sex, yeah, just like straight up, like yeah. with the sound effects. What what was going on? Just bad decisions being made. I give a lot of credit to Kanye. I feel like he helped get rid of the skit interlude. Era. Well, and he also had the best one ever with Chris Rock, which wasn't even really a skit. It was just like that voicemail message. That's right. Which I think is one of the best ever. Now, this is the only interlude I left in, which is to start the album. I just want to see what's going on here. All right, here we go. Just get us into the carnival. This wick ain't gonna cut it. Also, Croswell. So is this Bob what you would wear? Yard man hurry. Yard bomber clot man hurry. This is terrible. Is this what you would play when you're like getting ready at Towson University for a big night out? I could totally picture it. Yeah, this would be played on occasion. This and the follow-up album, um, The Eclectic. Here's the first song. It's called Apocalypse. This is all about featuring the refugee all-stars. Of course, the, the whole all-star team, yeah. Just a reminder, Bob, we are jumping in now at two feet. I'm in. We're in. Oh, I like this. We're in too deep. Listen to this. All right, let's listen. Listen, ambition of this. Two, 
beats I never recycle. Why you looking for samples? You might get trampled. Surprise, hey, I'm back with lightning and thunder. I heard you over saying I'm a one-hit wonder. You dumb with summer winter refugees till infinity. When I'm done, collect royalties from record companies. Clouds okay, Bob. Here we are. I kind of like this. I do too. I did not own this album, but I I owned it through you essentially because you really did like this album. I didn't. I mean, I I did. I can't believe that you remember me liking it this much. You're a big clef head, as I recall. There's no such thing as a clef head, but uh, that sounds like a disease that like you hope your kid doesn't get. <laughs> like, yeah, he was born with a clef head. Um, I had it, but I don't remember ever listening to it with you guys. <laughs> it was something you listened to in the dark with the lights off and the door locked? Most likely, yeah. It seems like a way more appropriate way to listen to this album. Here's uh, what's important for you to know, Bob, that you were not alone. This, song, this album reached number 16 on the top one, top 200 chart, which actually I thought it probably would have done better. Yeah, me too. Uh, so it was a popular album, but was not like everywhere. But it was well received. Right. And it ended up selling over 2 million copies, 5 million copies worldwide, Bob. All right, good. How about so, that? Not alone. This is Apocalypse. All right. It's all right. I like it. I like that. Uh, it's very, it reminds me of like an Indiana Jones movie, but with Wyclef <laughs> rapping over it. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> uh, the next he's, track. He's really good at taking things and rapping over them. The next track is... Guantana... Guantanamara. 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 We are here in Miami, just shining. God, real hip-hop fans must hate us so much for doing this before other albums. <laughs> it's like, how the fuck are we doing this before we did... Two feet, Bob. I know, I'm in, I'm in. Two feet. This was, Bob, the second single from the album. Yeah, this was a hit. Do you recall this? Oh, of course. You're gonna, you're, you will, too. Okay. Let me listen. He has to welcome you to the carnival every time a song starts, by he the does way. That a lot. I'm a Spanish Harlem. Boogie down Brooks. Manhattan. Hey, yo, I'm standing at the bar with a few months ago. Yo, I think she's eyeing me from far. I've never heard this before. Really? Yeah. That's surprising. He's big on Haiti. In fact, well, he like ran for like president of Haiti. He wanted right? to run for president. He wanted to run, yeah. And it didn't work out. I think it was basically they're like, wait, people of Haiti were like, we got a lot of fucking problems here, uh, and I know you're a, like a, a very public figure, but what the fuck are you talking about? You're Good. not from here. Well, there's you're from New Jersey. <laughs> Good job from hey. Good job uh, by Haiti not falling for a uh, president just because he's a celebrity. Way to be light years ahead of us, Haiti. <laughs> and in Wyclef's defense, uh, well, I'll start here. He was born in Haiti. Uh, I, yeah, I thought so. So he had Haiti citizenship, but he he grew up in Newark. And uh, the Haiti of also, New Jersey. That's, that is the Haiti of New Jersey, though. Also, this is yeah, this is probably the bigger issue with the idea of him running for president. He's Wyclef Jean. <laughs> <laughs> that should be disqualifying, but again, apparently nothing is disqualifying anymore. No, uh, Guantanamera. Guantanamera. Guanta no, it's Guantanamera. What do you say? It is. Well, he keeps on saying it. Guantanamera. Guantanamera. There you go. It's like that extra syllable. It's actually not his song. No, this is a sample. This is a big time sample that he's rapping over. John Forte. John Forte. He's he likes coming up. Saying John, John Forte a lot. John on this Forte album. is coming up. That I know. Yes. Let's All move right. on to the next song. Move on. All right. I can picture Bob wearing like a shirt, like an Aeropostale shirt, 
with the one stripe across it. Maybe one of your towel shirts. Ooh. Bob used to be a big fan of a towel shirt. Can't believe we made it this far into the pod without ever talking about my old towel shirts. Yeah, we all we've we have talked about it on the show how us and our uh, group of friends in high school, uh, regrettably in hindsight, calling ourselves the clan with a C. With a C, it's important to say. Uh, but we used to all go together to Aeropostale at the mall, which is our number one shop. Yep. And um, it was interesting because we hung out with so much, with each other so much that we'd end up adopting. Some of us would have like the same exact type of fashion sense, so it'd be wars over certain shirts. I get this, I get that. I remember my buddy Greg. We get heated sometimes. Yeah, we get heated. Had. Uh, a shirt in blue and I had the same one in dark green it was like okay that's the compromise here yeah Bob in some ways you were lucky Bob because you had a little bit of a, a different fashion sense let's say and you would gravitate toward some of the more to paraphrase or quote a future Wyclef album eclectic All right. uh, mix of uh, clothing from Aeropostale which led to the towel shirt you want to explain to the audience what the towel shirt was no, but I will. Um, well, for starters, just calling what I had fashion sense is very complimentary for what it actually was. It was just finding stuff at Aeropostale that was... Stuff you wore when you were 15. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I guess Aeropostale and a couple of other you know, stores in the mall at the time were you know, experimenting with different fabrics. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, uh, you know, some people threw out some towel shirts made from, like, terry cloth. Yeah, it was like a terry cloth shirt, collared yeah. shirt. Yeah. It was an atrocity. And it was so comfortable. So, I can imagine it was comfortable. And uh, looked fine, looked hot, well, looked sexy. Okay. So I owned uh, upwards of three towel shirts. Do you have school. any of them, you think? Oh, no, of course not. No. Man, wouldn't that be great, though, to rock one in the modern You know day? what happens to old towels? They just kind of, like, disintegrate. disintegrate. Yeah, so they're all gone. This song is Every called Every towel Bubble shirt Goose. on earth is gone. <laughs> Damn it. The only notable thing about Bubble Goose is he released this on the South Park soundtrack, singing, like, a different version of this, I think, with the South Park kids. Really? Yeah. Interesting. And it was a better version than the one on the album. That reminds me, um, as we've brought up on this podcast, uh, and this is to all the girls, um, we would make these uh, mixtapes when we would go on road trips. And uh, to this day, Bob, you will every once in a while throw something comedic. Lil Dicky is your flavor of the month right now. Lil Dicky will show up on like a mix if we're going to Vegas or something and we want to listen to something. Uh, but one of your probably your biggest sin ever on a mix was when you put um, Come Sail Away by Eric Cartman. It was a huge mistake. We didn't know yet. It was in the early, early stages of making mix CDs together, mix tapes together. Yeah. We didn't really know the sort of ramifications of what our songs would kind of bring to the weekend. Because what would happen was we'd make a tape. Let's say we were going up to Boston for a weekend. Yes. We, the five of us, would make a tape, and each of us would take turns adding onto the tape. So it would end up being, you know, twenty songs deep, twenty to twenty-five songs. Right. Deep. You would you would get the tape. You wouldn't you wouldn't rewind. You wouldn't know what was on before. You would just put your song on and then give it to the next guy, and right. we just go around and. Sing I remember this. one of the great tragedies was one of us. I won't na- say who it is, but it wasn't you or I. Did not uh, accidentally hit rewind and then taped over a large portion of one Ooh, of our mix, which tragic. was a major issue. Yes. But uh, you, on one of our tapes, put on this Cartman version of Come Sail Away. Yeah, the classic stick song. And uh, it was really funny on the ride down to Wildwood or wherever we were going, listening to it the first time. But then every time it came up afterwards, we would just play it in the hotel room all weekend long as we were drinking. And every time it came up, it just got worse and worse and worse. So a valuable lesson was learned. It was, as I recall, it was uh, January of 99 when we went to Boston. Because I remember then when it came out, it became its own joke. (laughs) Um, Yeah, lesson learned. No more South Park songs. I'm not going to put Do the Bart Man on the next one we do. We'll be Which okay. I know is tempting, but you, you can't. You but just I, can't do it. I might put some little dicky on because that's quality hip hop, just like Wyclef John. Uh, all right. Next song uh, from the great Wyclef John. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is what Bob put on a mixtape and made us listen to 14 times in one weekend. 
<laughs> I'm back. No regrets. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, Trey Parker or Matt Stone, whoever it was, in a recording <laughs> studio? <laughs> I kind of like this better than most of this Wyclef album so far. I know. So far, this is the best. So far, this is ending up on the Spotify playlist. <laughs> just want to get to the part where he gets to the chorus. <laughs> South Park's still good. You know what? This was the first season I missed entirely. I've never missed a season, and this is the first one I did not check in on. So I can't answer that. Hmm. I wonder if it's hitting like The Simpsons, where it just stays on the air because it still does well because it has such a loyal following. Well, they're at this point shadow. they're they're just knocking out like six to ten episodes a year now. Like they they don't really they're doing it, but they're not The Simpsons. Oh really? Yeah. Here we go. Now the album's starting. All right, let's get going here. Make room. Oh, yeah. Anything can happen. Every song takes four minutes to start. Yo, when you're rolling to the carnival, anything can happen. What, what, say what, say what. Anything can happen. Make a love to your girlfriend. Anything can happen. What? Say what, say what, anything can happen. She's sleeping with your best friend, cause anything can happen. <laughs> say what, say what, anything can happen. You roll down the block, come back with your guy in power. Cause anything can happen. I didn't realize this was kind of a uh, the tale that he's telling here. Just this idea that life is unpredictable. Anything can happen. What I like about this song is he starts it over right now. Clef can I rock, yo? Get out the bathroom, let me go again from the top. From the top. Same same lines. Who's the producer of this album? <laughs> I think Clef probably. I like that you called him Clef. I remember, I feel like this might have been on a mixtape. I probably put this on a mix. Maybe maybe the next round after the South Park song. What, um, speaking of the running for president, remember the song he had when, uh, he talked about if he was president? That was a good Wyclef song. Oh, if yeah. I was president. Yeah, that came later. That was a good yeah. song. I thought, thank God, I thought you were going to talk about my failed presidential run in middle school when you said speaking of running for president. Oh. And um, thanks for not bringing it up because now we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> Anything can happen except for Bob getting elected to public that office was, in junior high. Guys, I made a big mistake in junior high. Do you want to alert the audience, Bob? Uh, I don't believe I voted for you, by the way. I don't think anybody probably had a spite me. because of the bar mitzvah thing. This was pre bar mitzvah, so it would have been pre spiting me. Oh, okay. Maybe that's why you didn't invite me. <laughs> found out I didn't vote for you. Yes, probably. Um, what did you promise uh, to the uh, class of '93, uh, middle school <laughs> class of '93? Uh, so, in our middle school was fifth, sixth, seventh grade. I think we were in fifth grade when I decided to run for president. Of Bowl two, you didn't go treasurer, you no. didn't go vice. You said, "I want the big burrito." What kind of fucking entitlement issues did I have? Where I was like, "I could, I could be president of the middle school." Like your traits is like I'm a eleven years old, mediocre white person. Where it was coming out right at the top. Uh, I'm eleven. I sh- I could run this thing. So, what was your campaign promise? Uh, so because that was a big part of it. Everyone had to have at least one campaign promise. Oh, at least one. Like. And well, you, Some, had to, you had to go, go in front of the whole school and give a speech. Right. So I was running against, for president, I think there were three people running maybe, and it was me, but my main competition was the great Chris Carley, who was a seventh grader, who would later, not only older brother of our good friend Sarah Carley, right. but who also would later go on to star in the Clint Eastwood movie, uh, Gran Torino. Right, he played the priest. Yes, Yes. So I didn't stand a shot for many reasons. Right. You weren't going to ever be cast in a Clint Eastwood coming no. of age tale. Doomed. Sure. So uh, I didn't know that at the time, though. So I was still like, I got this. So I uh, prepared a speech. <laughs> wrote Funny. it. Wrote it, you know, with my mom helping. Because, you know, again, 11 years old. Anything can happen. Anything Clark can happen. told us. And you know what? Anything did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, something happened. Something did happen. And but it was just kind of more like. 
if that's if if Clef taught us, listen, life that's filled with surprises. In this case, it was like affirming the idea that life ex- is plays out exactly how you imagine it will. Yeah, this is not a surprise, and just this is actually probably in my life one of my biggest regrets was running for was doing this because this had such a negative impact on my life it was a huge mistake what was it to your self-esteem and everything oh yeah self-esteem and why well i'm getting ahead of it yeah so can we go into the next song or is it important it's an important song but for the purposes of a very special tale bob i'm going to skip over that song for a moment and okay. go to year of the dragon Perfect. continue with your tale so i got this is a- unprecedented so I got up there. I think it's the right move. So I got up there in front of the entire school and I made my pitch to vote me for president. And as part of my pitch, um, the middle school that we were uh, that we went to was on a big hill, big hill Christ. at the middle school. This is already a bad idea. So uh, during your, the winter your campaign promise was lead rooted in topography during the winter uh, when it snowed, everybody would go to this hill to go sledding. Right. So. Um, Part of being up there was making promises you can never keep. I remember some girl said that she was going to start like a, you'd be allowed to roller skate in the hallways. Idiot. Everybody was like, I'm going to get like a pizza, pizza day and a soda machine in the cafeteria. And yeah, Brian like, Brown promised the soda machine. Yeah. And everybody's like, I believe that. That's get feasible. Get your shit together, bro. You so don't have the pull to do that. Everybody was making fucking bullshit promises that they couldn't uh, back up. Everybody was writing checks that their bodies couldn't cash. <laughs> and was uh, it your mouth? A, a kid told me that in high school once. Uh, Jason, I was like being unkind to his girlfriend at the time. So he came up to me and goes, Hansis, your mouth is writing checks your body can't wow, cash. Wow, I can't believe you went to school with a young cobra. And I was like, what are you in a Patrick Swayze movie? <laughs> Get the fuck away from me. All right, go on. So when it was my turn... Amongst my promises, and I feel like I made a few, but the one, the regrettable thing I said that would later come back to haunt me for years was... Are you just drawing this out until the album's over? Yes. Was that... No, because it's honestly, it's hard for me. It's still 30 years later, like not a comfortable thing to talk about. Uh, I promised a sleigh riding club. <laughs> it's not funny. I should have said sledding. I should have said sledding. I don't know why I said sleigh riding club. That's great. Oh, that's good. It's not funny. That is so great. It's not funny. How stupid. (laughs) (laughs) So here was this fucking fifth grader. How did it go over? Because I was there. I was sitting in the audience, but I don't remember it very well. Oh, well, I'll tell you. I I can't imagine that went over too well. I'll tell you how it went over. Nothing in the room. Nobody gave a shit. (laughs) But for the rest of my life, in middle school and going into high school with people who were in middle school with me, they were, that was the thing I was known for. I was the sleigh riding club kid. <laughs> and when I was you like, were taunted over it? Oh, taunted. Taunted by these... <laughs> kind by, of rings a bell, actually. By seventh yeah. graders specifically. So kids that were always two years above us. <laughs> and like years later, back in, like when we were in high school and I played hockey and I was like the only kid... One of the only kids in my grade playing hockey with like the older kids. Oh no. They just fucking never let it go. It was a constant. And like I, when you're like 11 to 15, you don't have the self capacity, or at least I didn't, to make fun of myself. You know, no, like, you don't have a sense of humor about yourself no, when you're 10. You're just kind of like, you're, you're ashamed and yeah. naked. And every time it came up, it was just shame. And it just made me feel like shit. And there's no doubt that I cried about it at some point. Like, there's no doubt. It was awful. One of the worst mistakes. One of the biggest miscalculations and worst mistakes I ever made. Why do you think it's kind of fascinating? Why do you think? I mean, it is a funny idea, but (laughs) I think it was like the it was a little overly youthful. And when you were talking, especially if you're saying the older kids came after yeah, it was, you. it was mostly the older kids. You definitely came off as like a little kid. Yeah. Whereas if you are a 13-year-old, you know, you're saying, oh, we're getting a soda machine. Yeah. And everybody's like, yeah, I like, I like soda. But if you say you're starting a, a sleigh riding club, you might as well be fucking seven years old. Even just hearing you say it, I'm like fucking dork. <laughs> 
Oh, that's sad, Bob. Did you ever find out? Obviously, you didn't win. Did you ever have? Were you privy to the final results of the voting? Yeah. No, I wasn't. I was going to make something up. There's no way I got more than four votes, though. It was probably me, my my best friend at the time, James. I bet he voted for me. Maybe like one or two other people, but that's it. It was not going to go well. I like this song. This is called Sang Feze. It's funny. I never, uh, when I was throughout middle school, I middle school sucks. I never put myself out there on any level. Oh, I learned, I, I learned my way. lesson. I learned my fucking lesson after that. Yeah, I think I basically just kept my like head down uh, and just kind of waited things out for seven or eight years. <laughs> <laughs> that was the right move. Because yeah, I, I think it was the whole plan was to never be noticed, and then you can never get yourself in trouble. Yeah. Well, and that's why when we talk about you know my A list bar mitzvah and how I ultimately you know rose high, I had to wait until the older kids were gone. Before I was able to, you know, come out from the shame that was the sleigh riding club. That's rough. But then man. when, you know, when we go into eighth grade in the high school, it was all just waiting for me again. Mm. It was one of those things that just, you know. And look, I'm an asshole. Yeah. I've. You I've, got what was coming to you. I definitely did. And then I went on to repay it by being an asshole to other people as time went on. So that's how life works. That's how life works. All right. Let's cycle back now. Cycle back, please. I'm, taking, I'm editing all of that out of the podcast, by the way. She's sitting back in a room. The lights is off. She's crying. And then my voice comes in. Pow. In the middle of the night. And this is what I told her for you. Every time I make a run, girl, you turn around and cry. I ask myself why. Oh, why? See, you must understand. I can't work a nine to five, so I'll be gone till November. Said I'll be gone till November, I'll be gone till November. You tell my girl you I'll be gone till November, I'll be gone till November, I'll be gone till November. You tell my girl you I'll be gone till November. January, February, March, April, May. I see you crying, but girl I can't stay. I'll be gone till November, I'll be gone till November. And give a kiss to my When I come back, there'll be no need to clock. Now, here's something that I noticed, Bob. This is not the version that was the hit. That's right. There was a single version that came out that I think had a little more guitar to it. It was that this version features cannabis. Wait, that's really disappointing that this is the one that's on the album. Because the single's like a perfect piece of music. Right. Which is what we were alluding to earlier, which is just a total mindfuck that Wyclef wrote this like thoughtful ballad that yeah. was. <clears throat> Can you find that? Is that I'm on? Looking for it. Okay. Because you know it's obviously very similar, but it is a little like fuller. And yep, takes place at the airport. I the think music this is video. It. Yep. I'm playing the video. I want to dedicate this song. I'm just going to skip to like the when the song kicks in the chorus good move we got to get this right oh my god the kid from Independence Day is in this Vivek A. Fox's son oh wow good for him this is it here we go take two Tell my girl you I'll be gone till November January, February, March, April, May I see you crying But girl I can't stay I'll be gone till November I'll be gone till November And give a kiss to my mother Girl I gotta yeah. leave Please don't cry When I come back You know the limits the sky I'll take you out to dinner To your favorite spot Feed you an aphrodisiac Just to get you high Drive by movies By a cemetery If my corpse can talk Then I would tell you I was sorry Lifestyles of the rich and famous Some die with the name Some die nameless Every time I make a This is such a great song It's one of my favorite songs Of the 90s So good I remember I um, I had the single The cassette single 
Yep, I think I did too. That might have might have mistakenly ended up on the damage table at the Walgreens I worked at. Mm. I was like, oh, it's damaged. You know, once they scan it out as damaged item, you can take it. Yeah. I think that's how I came into possession. Is that of this part of your segment. scamming that you did there? <clears throat> I don't are, like to say we, that because I don't want to. Are we out of the statute of limitations? That's what I was say. To get I you. don't know if we're cleared on the statute of limitations. I can't talk about the gum that ended up, like the packs of gum that were <laughs> stolen over the years at Walgreens. I have no idea what you're talking okay, about. Okay, good. Knocking on heaven's door. Like Bob Dylan. One you think Bob best, Dylan knows that he was in the song? He was in the video. That's right. What are you talking about? Knows. He fucking out of nowhere appears in the video. Let just me ask the question again. Do you think Bob Dylan knows that he was in the video? Probably not. <laughs> Probably what not. What am I doing here? That's my Bob Dylan. That's why to this day, I think I've said this on the pod, whenever I've cast something out here and there's like a big role and you don't know like who like the big older actor you can get right. to do it, I always say, let's make an offer to Bob Dylan. Because you never know what he's going to do. He's he like does, 90, though. But he does random stuff. Like, he'll pop up in, like, a Wyclef video or a Victoria's Secret commercial or, like, a random indie movie. Like, you have no idea what he'll say yes to. This was a huge hit on both sides uh, of the Atlantic. It was a number seven Billboard Hot 100 hit. Wow. I didn't realize that it was that big. Me neither. Uh, and it was... Um, number three on the UK singles chart. Damn. So he had a top 10 hit on both sides of the Atlantic. And that is the New York Philharmonic Orchestra. Classy. I'm glad that our UK listeners are going to know who he is then, or at least some of them will, because I was a little concerned that they would have never heard of this guy before. So I'm glad that that song crossed over. And I have to tell you, Bum, uh, it's going to be hard to find a song that deserves to be on the Spotify playlist more. Even if it's not the music, the single version, you'd have to find the single version, I think. Gotta track that down. You're right. I hope we can. This is Mona Lisa now. We're a little deeper into the album. I mean, I just, it's hard for me to fathom how Wyckoff John wrote Gone Till November. <laughs> I mean, he was in the Fugees. He wrote some great songs. But that is a next level song, though. I agree. And he never approached it again. No, it was kind of it was just a moment of. I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know that song he did with the Rock was pretty good. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It was pretty good. That's true. The Rock <laughs> did a song. Never forget that, as he is the biggest movie star on the planet. Never forget the Rock did a song with Wyclef Jean using his catchphrase as a professional wrestler. It doesn't matter. That was a stupid song. So stupid. Loved it. Did you own that album? I did. You I, did? Oh, yeah. So you were a big fan. That one, I remember I got in college at Towson. You say Towson. It's Towson. Towson. No, no, Towson. Towson. Yeah, better. Closer. Uh, and my roommate and I, my roommate who famously owns every Shaquille O'Neal CD, <laughs> it was the one awesome. common ground we found because it was Wyclef and The Rock, and he had a song with Kenny Rogers. He had a lot of bad songs. Who, Shaq did or Wyclef? Wyclef did. Shaq. Wasn't that the whole hook uh, of the eclectic eclectic? Yeah, it was very eclectic. Oh, my God. That's what it was called. The eclectic. Yeah. <gasps> I thought it was just eclectic. So he actually worked his name into it. Of course it? he did. He's Wyclef. That's a nice. That's a nice job. It's the way he does it. Oh, it was the the eclectic two sides to a book. Yeah. Oh, that's and that had 911, which was one of his biggest songs. That is a great song. Another great song. With Mary J. Blige on it. Although it should be said that Mary J kind of probably carried that song. I, I feel like that could no, be said. Oh, wait a second. GK Wrong album, but okay. Smell what the rock is cooking. Bob owned this record. Yo, yo, I got 50 Bentleys in the West Indies. It doesn't matter. I got a pocket full of cheese and a garden full of trees. It doesn't matter. I just won the bingo, bought a crib in Rio. It doesn't matter. Just like another reminder that this is from the same artist who wrote Gone Till November. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's bad. Moving on. Did this song do anything? Did anyone actually like this song? I don't think so. It's This has been erased from time. 
Like the rocks people got rid of it. They were like, all right, look, this guy's going to be a movie star. We can't have this floating around. Yeah. They were like, we are not going to let it happen. Next song, uh, going back to more blood, more gun talk, more people dying, more hardcore. Enough. Come on. I'm not feeling it, man. More, more. Is that Tommy was so <laughs> street jeopardy, Bob. Street corner. This is what he said. Have you ever heard this sound of a 4 4 at your door? This is what I said. I got guns. I got guns. Meet me at the corner store. This is what he said. This I've heard enough. What is this? Yeah, that's enough. Uh, uh, let's get into the good stuff. We got the I remember this. Oh, yeah. John Forte. Why Club John. John Forte, Roswell, now I'm in the streets again, a little crazy. Look at, look at, look at, look at, look at, look at, look at here, look at shorty got back. Should I ask her for a dance? Hold on, there's too many in the wolf pack. And besides, dirty cash talking to her, buying her fake furs and taking her to the fever. Quiet as it's kept, ain't even it's been. She spins his Franklin's at the malls with her friends. Material girl living in a material world, but it's all right, because it's Saturday night. So Mr. Funkmaster, pump the BGs. Yes. All you college students playing Ouija's. Check the spelling R-E-F-U-G. You know what's good if you're... You get the CD from Sam Goody. <laughs> if you are... Sam Goody, I forgot about that. Um... Super famous artist that made like a trillion dollars, like the Bee Gees. Yeah. And then some contemporary artist samples your song, and yeah, then you make another right. million. Thank you. Three million dollars yeah. uh, for doing literally nothing. Yeah. That's the business. That's to get the way into. to do it. To be like a popular recording art- artist before Napster. It's gonna be great when the Bee Gees are gonna are the ones who sue us. Oh, they'll come get us because it's the sample from Wyclef, and they're the ones that come after us. Imagine like Barry Gibb is like, oh, I'm going to get you, sucker. <laughs> good Barry Gibb. That's my Gibb. That's a good one. Thank you, man. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Buddy. We're talking over John Forte, but we're just fine. Oh, that's John Forte? I always thought that was just some guy like that was his buddy. That yeah, he just John Forte. Out. John Forte was like a, was he in the Refugee All-Stars? I think so. Interesting. Kind of funny that he called them the All Stars. Like, who's an All Star? Who's Proz? Sounds like it. I think so. Who's Proz? I think it is. Right. If it's like a, if it's a guy that's rapping and there's just literally nothing, no personality at all to it. It's probably Proz. It's probably Proz. We, uh, there are a few songs that were clan songs, clan with the C. This was definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. This was a song we all liked. Ended up on some mixes. And I remember when we went to, was it Ocean City? Walking on the boardwalk and singing it and uh, attempting to freestyle. Oh being, being idiots on purpose. Like okay, good, good. We good. were jokingly doing it, but it was pissing off our friend Brian because we wouldn't stop doing it. And we that just, all checks out. Yeah, it all checks out. And we just kept on making one another kind of freestyle. And we were obviously very good at freestyling. Uh, this song reached number 45 in the Billboard 100 chart, number three on the Hot Rap Songs, number 14 R&B, and number 87, Bob, this is of particular interest to you, a former Viacom employee, number 87 on VH1's 100 Greatest Hip Hop Songs of All Time, because you know VH1 has the cred to be able to put out a list <laughs> like that. Oh, man, and they definitely put it out when they had the least amount of cred, too. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> I mean, I like hip-hop enough to know that that's not one of the top 100 hip-hop songs of all time. Yeah. I'm going to skip to the last song of the album, Bob. That's fair. And uh, it is Carnival. And um, your final thoughts on Wyclef Jean and his legacy, Bob. Uh, He's not good. Ouch. This was not a good album. Oh, you're turning on Wyclef. I am. I think it was a time and a place where white kids like me who liked hip hop a little bit and didn't really get into the gangster rap at the time were looking for like the way you said gangster. Some kind of hip hop. And this was the the gangsta-iest kind that was, you know, not dorky white hip hop. He did reach across the aisle, if you will, 
It seemed like he was a popular college artist. It's like a slightly better Puff Daddy. Yeah. Yeah. Better pedigree. Yes. And undeniably, there are a couple of very good singles, and and he had the Fugees. Yes. Yeah, the Fugees, I think Gone Till November is a great rock song. I don't think it classifies as a rock I song. think it could. I think... I mean, it's almost like a folk song if you want to like... Yeah, I don't think it's like rock and roll, but I think it's barely a hip-hop song. I think it's, yeah, maybe it's just like a pop song. Yeah, it's a pop song. So, uh, as a whole, I, I mean, I enjoyed hearing the, the BG song again. Uh, and what say, what say, what, anything could happen. Yeah, that's like pretty that. good, too. Beyond that, don't need to ever listen to any of these songs again. And we're we're in agreement that there could only be one uh, choice. Yeah, of course. For the Spotify playlist. Right. It doesn't matter with The Rock. <laughs> That's not on the album, so we can't. We can't. So let's just go with Guns on the If we have to, we have to. How did he do it? How did he do it? I feel he like did there's it. a story behind it. I want to know the true story behind the making of Gone Till November. You know what? If Wyclef Jean could write Gone Till November, maybe I could have won class president in the fifth grade. Well, it shows that it does show to tie another theme of the album that anything can happen. Do you think Do you think it was the fact that sleigh riding is literally a sleigh being pulled by horses and that visual really damaged me? Um, I think there's a lot of things. Yeah, Bob, there's a use, lot. It turned out that you used the sleigh riding thing kind of as the boogeyman here. Mm. But the reason you were walloped in this election the reasons were manifold oh of course uh you didn't have the popularity no you didn't have the uh age nope didn't have the charisma nope and yeah part of it is you didn't have the right campaign promise losing 200 to 3 would have been fine if it went without incident unfortunately that wasn't the case so anyway, feel free to taunt Bob on Twitter no, about please, the Sleigh please. Riding Club. Uh, no. uh, follow us on Twitter Still at hurts. the Throwback Still Pod. Hurts. So that's how you reach Bob. Actually, if you wanted us come right at him uh, at Bob Castrone. Don't have on a Twitter. Twitter. Uh, you have my endorsement. Uh, to attack Bob for this still foolish decision it's made still 20 some odd years ago. I thought ago. Like, talking about it would make it better, but it doesn't. Worse, a lot worse. Uh, and follow us on Instagram at ThrowbackPod. Uh, Let the Wyclef Jean fans of uh, your family and friend group know that we did this episode. Hmm. Um, <laughs> emails at TheThrowbackPod at Gmail. And uh, yes, drop us a line if you want us to do an album that you grew up loving. Uh, so yeah. thank you for listening and also leave us positive you don't have to leave a positive review on Apple uh, Podcasts but leave us five stars five stars and don't tell you know who that we're still doing this don't snitch don't, don't snitch, snitch. Uh, until next week go fuck yourself yeah Lifestyles of the rich and famous Some die with the name, some die